everyone and welcome to the Girls in Movement podcast where we talk to founders and influencers from all over the world. This recording is coming to you in the midst of lockdown but it's no doubt going to liven you up and bring some positivity to your day. Now my guest has a very interesting background um, and whenever I have guests who help individuals on mindset and positivity I come away just feeling invigorated so I'm hoping today is no different. Um, so without further ado I want to welcome Chloe Handelman who is a mindset and empowerment coach. Welcome Chloe. Thanks Polly I'm so glad to be here this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do you want to tell everyone where you're based at because I'm actually in England at the moment but I didn't realize you were not quite on the other side of the world, but <laughs> across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm in Rochester, New York, which is far from New York City. For those who are not from the states, often people lump us in with the <laughs> city of New York. Um, but I am in New York State, and that is where my home is. But I also have been pretty location independent for the last couple years after I left my corporate and have traveled all around. Southeast Asia predominantly. Nice. And we were talking before, but I mean, how's lockdown been treating you? Because it feels like this lockdown is probably different to the one you had last year. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely different. So 2020, I actually found myself, I was in Bali over the holidays, like in 2019 into 2020 and had planned to be there for a couple months. And as everything happened in the world, I got stuck in Bali more so I chose to stay there. I could have gotten home, but it was definitely an alternate reality in a sense. Like we had a, we experienced it completely different. Yes, there was varying levels of shutdown and whatnot, but for the most part, life was kind of normal there. Yeah. And so I pretty much, that, that happened in Bali for 2020, and then I came home for the holidays. And it's definitely been an adjustment for me now, like over Christmas and then the first couple months of this new year has been interesting going through what everyone went through a year prior. Yeah. So I'm kind of adjusting to, okay, people aren't doing things and my <laughs> friends aren't seeing me and I have to wear masks everywhere <laughs> and all of these things. So it's definitely, I found myself going through what I've heard everyone went through before and it's uh, definitely an adjustment, but I, I'm enjoying it. I, I like my alone time anyway, so it, it, it works for me. <laughs> I think everyone loves that it's a time to reflect. I mean, in the UK, we've been in lockdown for pretty much coming up to a year now. So I think I've had enough time to reflect. I'm ready to go outside to the real world now. Um, so I don't know whether this is fully relevant to yourself, but the recordings I've kind of done in lockdown, I've thought, you know, the quick fire questions I wanted to throw at you, but you might have had some, a slightly different experience in Bali, but let's see anyway. So um, let's ask a few questions just around how lockdowns treated you. So what's been your go-to Netflix series in lockdown? Oh man, I really, I don't watch Netflix, oh, wow. but, so, but like I stopped, I don't watch TV that often, but since being, I guess my, <laughs> I've been home. So I actually just started Chips Creek oh, and man. I love it. And um, 
yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm not really too much of a TV watcher. I mean, Shit's Creek, you've got five seasons there and it's great. So <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just at the beginning. I think I'm still in season one. So I, it's good for me. I got plenty of, if I need the TV, I can, I can have something to watch. <laughs> um, and here in the UK, there was such a big, uh, you know, that everyone started baking from like week one the stocks were sold out of flour, eggs. Is there anything that you've thought, you know, that was really good? And I've, I've, I've thrown myself into something. It doesn't have to be baking, but something else that you don't usually do. Hmm. That's very interesting. I, I wouldn't really say anything in particular. I guess I went vegan, actually, accidentally <laughs> in Bali for wow. a while. <laughs> it no it literally just happened I just all of a sudden my body was like nope you're not eating meat or eggs or dairy or anything anymore and I was like okay <laughs> and so I got really good at cooking food like that and just really cooking different curries and whatnot nice and then ripple effect of not having blood enriching foods hit me months later and now I've been <laughs> back into normal eating but yeah I guess just more cooking and uh, holistic health, like really healthy food, cooking raw foods and just non-processed foods was really what I threw myself into, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like when you're in Bali for that long, that's all you can really relate yeah. to, which is good. <laughs> it's so easy too. It's really easy in Bali to eat vegan or gluten-free, dairy, like anything you need. There's so many options. So that's really helpful. And final question, what's the one thing you've learned about yourself, would you say? Like, I suppose you haven't been in lockdown, but like in the midst of a pandemic, what would you say you've learned about yourself? That I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really what it's so that everyone, I had kind of started my inward journey a couple years prior to this, right? So in 20, 2017, 2018, it's when I really started like deep into, oh my gosh, my life is not what my life, what I want my life to be. Mm -hmm. And so I had already been doing like deep, like deep self-reflection, really figuring out what I actually wanted, what was existing in my life that wasn't in alignment. And I feel like often before 2020, there was so many people who couldn't connect. And as everyone turned inward, as the pandemic forced everyone to stay inside and literally go inward into their own minds and their emotions, so much of what I was already experiencing and already gone through was happening to everyone else in the world. And so for me, that was like a huge, like, you know, green, like just a confirmation that even the path on even my coaching and, coaching and everything, I had already had the idea to start my coaching business before the pandemic all hit. Nice. I ended up starting officially starting the business once the pandemic had hit, but it, it was really like validating, like what I do is, is here for a reason. And I, it's not crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that, I guess that's the biggest realization. <laughs> Love that. And let's kind of go into, I suppose, yourself. And it'd be good to kind of tell all our listeners a bit about yourself, but also how you've got to become a mindset and empowerment coach. You kind of touched on it there that that wasn't kind of the path you were going to go down. But yeah, what was the story really? Yeah, it was, it's fun 
always hearing how this story ends up coming out. <laughs> so I started, what, what led me here, right? Let's, let's see where I go. So I actually graduated from university with a degree in engineering. So I studied wow. systems, yep, industrial systems engineering all throughout university. I had been doing internships and uh, co-ops, so learning while um, working in industry, worked across different industries, kind of in a consulting sense with optimization, efficiency, process improvement, things like that. And I always was the straight A student, the teacher's pet, all of these things. And I finished up my schooling and found myself in a corporate job. I was working for Accenture, a really large consulting, global consulting firm. And I got there on my first day and I looked around and I was like, oh my God, I made a mistake. Like I, I messed up. This isn't really where I want to be. And I struggled really to find anyone within my organization or my network that really actually was living a life that was what I wanted. I remember I was struggling. My mom was like, find someone ahead of you in your job and like just follow their footsteps. And I was like, I can't find one person that I actually idolize. I can't find one person who is living a life that feels good to me. And so I started the journey of looking outside of the norm, right? I started look, and I had traveled a bit before and I'd realized that there's so many different perspectives than the American <laughs> climbing the corporate ladder, yeah. you know, high, like honor roll, best college, not corporate, right? Like that path. I know it's very similar in other countries and cultures as well. And so I started looking outside the norm and seeing what the people who were traveling full time were doing. And I started realizing that it's it is possible to break away from the conditioning that I had. So many different types of conditions and perfectionism, having to do 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 all the time, and all these things. And so I ended up quitting my job, bought a one-way ticket to Bali wow. and just went full in and just started networking and exploring and trying the things that I'd always wanted to try. I worked at a hostel, a party hostel. I volunteered at a waste management recycling organization in Malawi, which is in Africa. I stayed at a monastery in northern thailand and meditated for 10 days in silence i i tried all these different things that were like just interesting to me at the time and i started realizing through all of this experience that everything i was doing was deconditioning myself from the beliefs i held that like i at one point i thought i had to work in the ngo space if i was ever gonna you know make an impact world or at one time i thought that the only way that <clears throat> I could be truly free was having a completely free schedule and only doing work in a certain, certain way, right? And with certain clients and whatnot. And so as I went on that journey and reflected on the breadcrumbs of my life, I realized that all along I was deconditioning myself, but supporting other people and questioning the lives that they were living and the way that they were operating and that, they could do whatever they actually dreamed of. They just had to decide that they were going to do that and work towards removing the blocks along the way to get there. And so ultimately 
got really connected with some, finally got returned back to coaches. I had I'd always avoided co looking at <laughs> coaching as an opportunity for something I could do. I was like, well, no, I, I'm an engineer, right? Like I have to use this degree or I have to, you know, everyone's running online businesses. Oh, I can be a consultant for them. And, and those were not what I actually wanted. So I reconnected with some coaches who really inspired me. I finally found people who I looked at their work and I was like, oh my God, like that is it, right? And finding coaches who inspired me, supported me in realizing and stepping into my role as a coach and then diving more into this space of like, well, no, it's so, yes, I've been uh, like not, like I had always been helping people, but not in like a model that I recognized as coaching. And so I was able to then create my own model of how I do, how I support people and how I work through their limiting beliefs. And really that allowed me to step more and more into this life that I wanted. And every time I step more into the life that I want, I'm able to help other people step into the life that they want. And long-winded as that story was that's kind of what led me really to where I'm at now with mindset coaching and empowerment coaching and whatnot and did you find I mean people will be listening and they probably can you know we all have this where you either you know you start a degree you you then feel the need to go down a certain path and you f you feel like from the age of 21 you've made a commitment to something and there's no turning back like I can't do anything else but was it hard to make that break away because you were working for a big global brand and, you know, to suddenly up and leave it to go to Bali? Like what was running through your mind and, you know, what, what kind of made you think, you know what, like, fuck it, I'm doing it. <laughs> it honestly, I love that question. And honestly, it was, it was after I committed to a year, like when I day one, I realized it wasn't right for me. I said, okay, I'm going to do it for a year. I'm going to try my best, right? I'm going to I'm going to network with everyone. I'm going to find anyone. But when I was unable to do the work that inspired me, to be on the projects or learn the skill sets through my projects that I actually wanted it, and and was unable to find like work-life balance, there was none, right? I remember my first day of work like or not my first couple month of work, I had a managing director, we were out for cocktails and he was like Oh, what do you like to do for fun? I was like, oh, I love uh, lifting weights. And he's like, I, I was like, I do it every day. And he's like, oh, good luck keeping that up. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what? Like, he's like, I used to be a runner. And I was just like, Ooh. and this like continuously see, even though the company, like, don't get me wrong, Accenture's an incredible company. And of all the consulting firms I interviewed with, they were like the most balanced and most human of them all. But really what it was, was like, it wasn't serving me then. And I always knew like, and I spoke with all my managers, like as I was leaving, because I worked, I tried as many projects as I could to see if there was something that would work. And they were always like, you know, you, you can always come back. Right. And that was just kind of the confidence, like corporate and like the, the normal way of doing things is always going to be there. And I can always resubscribe. And so for me, it was really like, I owe it, I owed it to myself to experience that for that year. And I also owed it to myself to then break free and see if that was more in alignment. And as I did, it was just the obvious answer. And another thing I want to point out though, is that 
it doesn't necessarily mean like buy forever. So as I'm in mindset coaching, there's so much application that can be made into corporate. And so I don't say that I will never go back to corporate or even like have, like I do some part-time consulting right now, like to balance out some of my income streams. Right. So I still dabble with within consulting sometimes. And I do intend on supporting corporate organizations with their employees with mindset. Like that's something I would be totally open to do and come in and speak to people because it really, by opening up and expanding your mind within corporate, you will actually be able to serve your corporate organization even more. So it's not ever like a full, I never think in absolutes, like it, it doesn't have to be, I'm fully gone from there forever. It just wasn't serving me then. And I think like, you know, you touch on the point of having, you know, a, a secondary revenue stream to balance income. And that's a big thing at the moment. You know, in the UK, lots of people have gone on furlough. And I think that's, you know, a, a global problem, uh, especially coming out of this pandemic. And suddenly we see a rise of young entrepreneurs, people who have never had the time. They suddenly have their nine to five back to them. And, you know, there's some great stories of people who have done that. And you've obviously had time, you know, before the pandemic to, to build your business, but talk to us about that brand and what you're trying to build and what you're trying to achieve as well. Yeah, I love it. Um, so pretty much really, it, it, it's, I just want to actually comment on what you just said about the ability to have the time to create and build. And it really is such a beautiful time. And I'm so obsessed <laughs> with watching all the souls out there who are like going for it. And just trying new things and seeing what sticks and seeing what feels right. And I just, it's been so fun to witness all of these beautiful people across the globe doing it. So as I've been building out my brand and really what I stand for and everything, it's, it's been a journey, right? And it's it just for everyone listening who is in their in beginning stages, it sometimes feels like I'm still, I mean, I'm still in my first year of business. Right. And, so it's going to continue to expand and 40 years down the road, I'll look back at where I started and laugh like, and you know, like, yeah, girl, you're on your way. Don't worry. You got this. And, um, and so just a reminder that like, even if it sounds or seems like the person a couple steps ahead of you is like a million steps ahead of you, they probably aren't right. And they're just, you know, they're showing up and telling what they know. And for me with my brand, um, it's really about, promoting authentic existence, right? So whether that's in life or business, but it's really to create a life of authentic success and whatever that means for you. So if your focus in your success is really within your entrepreneurial venture, then I want to help support people in deconditioning themselves from like all the different ways that people are told that they have to build their online business. And that that takes deconditioning from society. And it also takes deconditioning from all the social media people who are out there telling you how to run your online business and really tapping back into the, your truth. And that also transcends though also into careers because what we've been taught is to climb that ladder, right? And that's success. But maybe for someone who's in a career, success for them really isn't about their career. It's about having a thriving family life or like very balanced outside of work life or creating more of that work-life balance within their corporate. So 
for me, it's really all about speaking to people, connecting with people, helping them realize really what their success is, and then being able to cut out the crap, their mind drama, get mind on board, and really getting them moving in the direction of who they want to become nice. and doing things every day to, to align to it. Love that. And I know, you know, a big, a big thing a big part of what you do is all around sort of positive mindset and, and shifting that mindset. And this is, of course, like a real hard time for a lot of people. So how do you sort of coach people on, you know, it's really easy for someone who is currently in a positive mindset to be like, oh, just switch it. It's fine. But, you know, there's people who it takes a lot to, you know, I'll be open. Like I find it sometimes struggle to, to be like, oh, okay, I feel really motivated today because you're just literally doing the same routine. So how do you support people on building that mindset? I love it. And I love your honesty. And I have, I have shitty days too. I plenty, you got lots of them. <laughs> right. And so for me, it's not necessarily even positive mindset. It's supportive mindset and really like a, a holistic approach to mindset where I am not ever going to like just try to make someone say, like just say oh have a good mindset right yeah. there's pieces and there's learnings and there's growth in the negative thoughts right mm -hmm. and so for me it's really about learning more about your mindset and learning more about your thoughts and understanding your emotions which are like in like your emotions and your thoughts are all intertwined then that creates the actions that we take so really getting a better understanding of like okay so if i have a bad mindset today what is that going to make me feel like and then when i feel that way what actions am i going to take right and recognizing that and seeing it and learning getting familiar right so maybe it's that i have a thought that i'm not good enough and that makes me then feel really sad and then it has me not show up on my instagram live yeah right so okay so for from my perspective it's like all right well is it really true that you're not good enough right like let's let's understand this thought like what specifically aren't you good enough about right like is it is it actually that you're not good enough or is it maybe some confidence right so we get more into like understanding the thoughts and like making friends with them they're there they're they're messages right they're there to show us where our limiting beliefs are they're there to show us where there's conditioning from our past or the media or our parents or our friends right and so for me mindset is all about understanding that and then choosing to dissect it and choosing to decide to believe new thoughts and choosing this other way of approaching our mindset than the way that we've like always thought is my thoughts are truth right my thoughts are fact and that's not true we can just look at them observe them understand them and then choose to believe what we what's actually aligned with who we want to become and who we are becoming constantly and do you find that um you know I, I saw on one of your instagram stories that you you know you had a full-on day today but these were the things that you took away to make you you know I suppose not not like detach yourself from your day to day, but to have that time to be with 
what's going on in your thoughts so I know when I talk to a lot of people that commuting time was the time to break away from your day-to-day and just be in a book and that's it and and you know you switch off so any tips for people who are struggling to switch off and yeah what what do you do day to day to to make sure that you have this clear mindset when you're going into things yeah there's there's several different things um and what i would say biggest is start small and like start like blocking it into your schedule where it's it can literally be five belly breaths. I know I'm, I'm also a breath coach and I use breath as a tool within my uh, one-on-one coaching and programs with breath as well. I'm obsessed with breath. We can <laughs> talk about that if we'd like or another time or whatever. But like, honestly, five belly breaths is what I do when I'm like spinning. If I don't have any quote unquote time to do anything else, there's always time to take five breaths. And so like I put my hands on my belly and I just um, close my eyes, ignore everything else that's going on and just really focus on the sensations of the breath moving deep down into my belly and feeling like the release and the surrender on the exhale and just being able to drop really back into my into my body and out of my mind. And I think what's really powerful about being able to give yourself these brief moments of reset Mm. is it really helps you again realign to what the intention and the purpose of the day is and what and if there is mental chatter that is just not going away like to notice it and to observe it and to acknowledge it and then maybe do something about it so then write like write down if you got journaling prompts like write down the limiting belief ask yourself is it true like this is something i do constantly as soon as a, a negative mindset like or yeah negative thought is coming in I'll stop and I acknowledge it because if we don't it's just gonna continue to spiral or it'll like go back in the archives and it'll come out tomorrow so it's like I'll stop I've got a sticky notepad out next to my desk all the time and I pull it out my journals right next to me always pull it out right like this is the thought like then I look at it I'm like is that true like most of the time it's not 100 percent true what thought do i actually want to believe yeah right oh what's the evidence in my life that shows that this the thought that i want to believe is true oh let me give all that evidence right and then like you know we can shift it and shift our emotions and clear out the pipes clear out the gunk of all the crap that's saying that you're not good enough or you can't do it or whatever clear out the gunk (laughs) <laughs> and then allow for like this new fresh uh perspective and so yeah so belly breaths and like literally journaling that i think is my biggest thing is like i stay grounded with belly breaths to really be with myself and then the the journaling belief busting is really to clear the pipes out and let myself start, start fresh I think like um, writing stuff down and journaling, got, it's become so popular now. It's especially, I mean, well-being as a, a whole topic in itself has become so popular amongst younger people, which is great because they're becoming more aware of, you know, if there's levels of anxiety, you know, mental health problems, it all kind of ties in. And, and this one simple thing of just writing down how you feel really does empower people. And, I, you know, I've seen the shift in friends and family of just when even, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, just having a channel of just writing it down really does help. So, yeah, no, I think that's a really good tip. Yeah. And, and like with 
journaling as well. And this is something I talk about with any type of modality that I or tool that I give to my clients is rate yourself beforehand, right? So before those five belly breaths, what's my level of anxiety? Yeah. Right. And then after the belly breath, what's my level of anxiety? Did it increase? Did it decrease? Oh, wow. Cool. Right. Same thing with journaling. Right. Because that then is reinforcing into your mind that these wellness mindfulness practices are working and they're worth spending time on because we do see that shift. So I last night it was happening. I was I had all these thoughts were going on. Something in my personal life happened and I was really upset. And I just was like kind of ruminating in my mind. And all I had to do, I pulled my journal out. I wrote like a paragraph and immediately it was shift. Like I was, I allow, and it's because I allow it, right? I allow it and I trust in the tool and we build that trust through the rating of, of like, oh, before I was feeling this, after I was feeling this, but trusted, I knew I could pull my journal out. I would write it down and it would shift things. And so that's exactly what happened. And I was able to shift it and get a great night's sleep because I stopped <laughs> buzzing in my mind about it. And I think um, just going into kind of, I suppose, sleep is such a big thing at the moment. That there are so many surveys which are like, um, you know, the the level of anxiety amongst younger people has all been heightened, obviously, with everything that's happened. And, you know, a bad night's sleep links very closely to levels, levels of anxiety. And, you know, before you go to sleep, if you're just constantly having things running around in your head, there is a, a level of anxiousness, anxiousness, but are people acknowledging that? So... In terms of advice for you know younger people who are struggling with anxiety, um, especially like people who you know they would have heard of the word but not necessarily recognize that they have it, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, of course. So first of all, it's normal. Anxiety is, and, and again, this isn't from a clinical perspective, but it, anxiety as like an emotion is. In indicator mammals all mammals have anxiety right so a, a zebra looking who all of a sudden realizes that it's hungry or thirsty for example sends a nervous system response to get anxious to then go take action and do something right so anxiety is there as a messenger right something's it's energy right and so it's okay to feel it and experience it and knowing that it's safe and as you practice more of like sitting with uncomfortable or negative emotions, you start to realize that it's just because we've been conditioned to believe that they're bad. That is why we then compound on top of like an anxious feeling, worry or overwhelm or stress on top of the anxiousness. And I really suggest is to explore it a little bit more and understand your how it manifests within your life and on a physical level, on a mental level, on an emotional level. And to start to resource tools that work for you, right? So what works for me to settle anxiety will probably be different than what what sports you, Polly, with, uh, with anxiety. And so it's finding ways that like, again, with that rating scale, use a new tool, see if it tweaks, see if see if it shifts and what other conditions are present or like get to know yourself, get curious with yourself. There's really no like blanket, you know, tool that will work. Although there are definitely tools that like really I found support. So like finding those the moments and space to really be with yourself and 
focus on something else like breath, right? So like with breathing, you can really focus on the counts of your inhale, the counts of your hold, the counts of your exhale, the counts of the hold in the bottom for a box breath, for example. And that gives your mind somewhere to go other than the mind drama that there is. And another thing as you were talking about about sleep is that really what's happening, what can happen with people who are struggling to fall asleep, especially with the anxious thoughts, it's a, it's a stress state, right? So their nervous system is literally in a stress state. And the, often what's happening is the reason they can't fall asleep is through the entire day, they were in this sympathetic nervous system state where they're like on overdrive. And so what is really supportive to start reducing the levels of anxiety, the levels of stress, the overwhelm, all of these things is to introduce activities in your day that downregulate your system and switch you out of the fight or flight, the stress state and do more of the rest, digest, calm state. And you can do things like breathing is a great one or a walk outside or meditation or exercise, right? Really giving an opportunity for our nervous system throughout the day to turn off, right? Like to like chill the F out, you know? And then by the end of the evening, your body hasn't been in overdrive all day. It's kind of already like realized, oh, if can, we can be calm. We can be calm. We can be calm. Okay, it's time to be calm again, okay? And with your, I feel like we could talk about every part of this in so much detail. <laughs> with the, I know, I feel like we're going, there's so many like different directions <laughs> you can go on. No, I love it. Um, with like the breathing side of things, I know that's a real focus for you, um, especially, you know, for your social media channels. How did you get into that? And, you know, what what's the plans? Are you, is that kind of something you want to progress even more this year? Yeah, I love this question. So I found breath work originally was when I was up, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this, when I was in Northern Thailand, I didn't even realize it. I was at a Buddhist monastery and I was trying to meditate and they kept telling me to focus on my breath. And I was like getting so pissed off at the monks. I was like, it doesn't work, right? And so I actually created my first meditation though there for myself with like breathing in peace and out all my worries. And then fast forward almost a year later, I got to Bali and I was actually introduced to more uh, deeper levels of alternate states of consciousness breathing, breath work. And I started exploring that avenue for a little while. And then I realized what I really wanted was it like in the moment, in the back of my pocket can do it whenever, wherever breathing tools. So there's different classes of breath work, which I can, if anyone has questions about that, shoot me a DM uh, on Instagram and I can like explain it a little bit more to you. But for me, I realized that I really wanted tools that I could use myself in the moment and I could share with others who are really ready to just like a moment to sit with themselves, to increase their mindfulness, to shift emotions right here and now within like a couple minutes. And so I, as I explored it for myself and learned more about breathing techniques and practice in myself, I was like, I got to get trained in this. So I studied it up and then started incorporating into my coaching practice as a tool to support, especially entrepreneurs, the do, 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 doers to like, here's a tool to be, right? Like, 
Here you go. Right? Like I hear it all the time. Like I can't, I can't relax. I'm like, okay, well your homework this week is to breathe for five minutes a day. Right. And so I use breath a lot within my one-on-one -on -one coaching for mindset as like a tool to give my clients to support them in balancing out their lifestyle to really downregulate so they have a chance to like have good thoughts like we can't when we're in a stress state it's hard for us to think properly right and to make decisions and so it's always been a part of my one-on-one -on -one coaching but as you asked about like the plans for it so i actually have a group program going on right now where it's really supporting people and learning a whole a whole breath specific toolkit so going through lots of different types and styles of breathing so that you can have the one-on-one -on -one, like your personal experience of this breathing style and then you can say okay box breath worked for me when i was anxious extended exhales worked for me when i needed to fall asleep oh and kabbalah body helped me wake up right and so then you can take the toolkit of different breathing styles and be like, this one is for me, but the other person in the program might hate that breath and not ever want to use it again. So it's really an opportunity for people to really explore different types of breathing, ask questions, learn how it affects their mental, emotional, and physical well-being so that they can be empowered with a tool to support whatever their desires are, right? So more balance, more mindfulness, more calm, less anxiety improved sleep, improved digestion, like anything with breathing. It's, oh, it's so, it's so. <laughs> do you find that there's a type of person that comes to your groups? Do you feel like it's the same type of person or very varied? I think there's like, it's varied, but at the same time too, there's definitely themes, right? So uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs really okay. who are perfectionists yeah. and deeply, deeply value wellness. And yet, they some their wellness sometimes slips because they are so focused on like being perfect in the way that they're showing up in their business. Um, and that like this is really for like kind of the breathing, but even mindset pieces too, right? The perfectionism and like tr everyone else has the answers. And same thing with breathing, like we got to find tools that work for us instead of going out so to somewhere else to like find the resource or the tool that works. It's like, okay, let's learn tools and what's the right one for me. But yeah, so like the entrepreneur who really is like perfectionist and really is struggling to like turn off or make this space for themselves. And just also other people who are open to expanding their mind and like see and being more connected with, their emotions and their mindset but they aren't not really sure yet they've been so confused with all the different stuff on the media like how do i do mindset work right it's like slowing it down and finding the things that really work for them to shift their mindset and start start creating the life that's more aligned to what they believe is authentic success love that i think i'll be the in the group of people who just don't stop and need to like need to pause and need to actually just breathe for five minutes a day it's it's so hard like and you know i always i've got friends who are on furlough but then you've got the flip side of people who are working relentless hours in their career and you're just like bridging that gap of you know both sides of that you know like both sides of the spectrum need the support <laughs> in, in so many ways and i've experienced both sides of it as well because when i was in like 
in university, I say college sometimes, I forget that I'm speaking to a global audience. Um, when I was in university, <laughs> Americans will understand that <laughs> dilemma. But um, so when I was in university, I used to plan my day to five, five minute increments. And same thing with corporate, like I was going, like every, I didn't have time to breathe. Like I literally would call my mom between classes in university and crying because I didn't have time to pee. Wow. She's like, go to the bathroom, Chloe. <laughs> And then on the flip side, I then, again, I quit my corporate. I was traveling for almost two years before starting my business. And I got really good at being, like, really good at not doing anything, <laughs> which was, it took a long time. And there was so much turmoil as I deconditioned myself from the doing. And then it was like, yeah, like, kind of like the people who are furloughed right now, it's like, okay, I have all this time, but like, I don't know what I actually want. There's so many options. And like, what is it? Like, what actually is my truth? What actually is the right step? There's too many steps I could take. I, I, I'm scared to take the first one and I'm scared to commit to something. And so being able to then like see it from both sides is really, is, has been fun for me because I, I get what it's like to have to, you know, plan the being time. I get what it's like to have to plan the doing time from a state of only having been being for a couple of years. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really fun and powerful to see where people pop up into my world and like what part of their journey they're in that I've kind of had a similar experience with. Amazing. No, I love I love that you can relate with the people that you're working with because I think that's just so important, especially when you're working with, you know, their, their own personal challenges and their mindset. So yeah, I, I love that. And final question, I ask all my guests this question. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? <sighs> hmm. It's you're you're gonna end up exactly where you're meant to be. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, I like completely and totally, right? I think there's a lot I, I struggled a lot with decision making and being like feeling good about the decisions I make because I worried that I'd miss out on things or yeah. whatever and everything that every path or every step that I chose was important and there was lessons and it even if it took me longer than the person to my left or to my right didn't matter it, it took me on the journey that it was really I was meant to go on and to trust, yeah, trust the process and that I'll end up exactly where I'm meant to be. <laughs> Love that. Trust the process. Um, Clary, thank you so much. You've been an incredible guest. Um, and as ever, if you want to get in touch with Clary, we'll put all the details um, in our Instagram, on social media, etc. cetera. Um, but thank you so much, Clary. That was incredible. This was so much fun. Thanks, yeah. Polly. And really, <laughs> I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Please.